Hey, Brew Crew. Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled podcast. Today was a really fun episode because my guest and co-host were both from Pittsburgh. So you get a real deep dive into the city on this episode. Also, we're tasting two beers from Brew Gentlemen. We're trying their recertified double IPA as well as their General Braddock's American IPA. My guest, Brian Hathaway, the chief personnel officer at City Brew Tours, claims that one of these beers is a beer he could drink for the rest of his life if he had to choose. So stay tuned to find out which beer it is. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club. I am your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb. We are continuing our month in Pittsburgh, exploring this wonderful city and untapping its craft beer vibrancy. I'm really excited about the show tonight because we have two beers. And as the saying goes, two beers is better than one beer. We're going to be drinking beers from Brew Gentlemen. We're going to be tasting their flagship ale, the General Braddock's American IPA, as well as their recertified double IPA. I really like that we're going to be trying two similar styles, two types of IPAs next to each other. I think that's going to be really fun. And I'm here with my awesome July co-host, Eric, who is also a Pittsburgh local, as I mentioned last week, and he's going to be here with me all month. I'm so excited. Eric, you want to say hello? Hey, everyone. I'm very excited to uh, to be back and excited to drink some more beers. So all of our beer club members also have this yellow towel in your subscription box. Now, this is not just any yellow towel. It is the terrible towel. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history of it because I honestly had no idea. So the terrible towel was created by the late Myron Cope, the Pittsburgh Steelers broadcaster who needed a way to kind of excite the team's fans during a 1975 playoff football game against the Baltimore Colts. Yeah, that's right. So he, he basically encouraged people to take yellow towels to the game, to wave them around, get everyone excited. Um, stands were absolutely filled that day. Um, and it seemed like the Steelers were always doing better when the, the towels were, were being waved. Um, Steelers won that game 28 to 10. Team moved on to the playoffs and into the Super Bowl that year. Um, and so that was when the Steelers actually introduced the official terrible towel. It said Myron Cope's terrible towel printed on it in black. And the Steelers went on to win that year uh, against the Dallas Cowboys 21 to 17. Many are claiming thanks to the uh, the terrible towel there. So it's a really cool towel. Very excited to uh, have this included in the box as well. Um, we also have a really great guest here today. Um, he's a personal friend of mine, co-worker with, with myself and Molly, Brian Hathaway, who is the uh, City Brew Tours Chief Personnel Officer and Beer Guide. Very excited to have him on. Yeah, me too. I think this is the first time that we've had a guest and a host that's also all from the same city that we're exploring. So I'm pumped about that. I know I hung out with Brian and you when I visited a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and that was so fun. How is everything in Pittsburgh, how's your week been, Eric? Pittsburgh's been great. Uh, it's sort of cooled down a little bit because of we've had a lot of storms, a lot of rain, but I don't really mind it. I uh, I bottled up my mead. I've been making some mead. I made a maple peach mead, and I just bottled that up. So very excited about that. I saw that you were on a uh, another podcast recently. I was. Yeah, I have some buddies here in Brooklyn. They're friends of mine. Some of them are also City Brew Tours guys as well. And yeah, they have a podcast called The Beer Avengers. So they had me on. And that 
that was great. It was fun to kind of like be on the different side of it and mm. actually be a guest and just yeah. get to kind of, you know, have the questions asked to me. And they were great. It was super fun. Yeah, yeah. I tasted a beer from Listerman, which as everyone knows who tuned into our Cincinnati month in June, that was one of my favorite breweries in Cincinnati. So I tried their, uh, I think it was the Lemon Pound Cake Blonde Ale and Ooh. it was super yummy. Yeah, That's so awesome. that was a fun, that was a fun night. I actually have one question for you. You brought up Brooklyn. So you're you're moving out of Brooklyn at the end of the month, right? So soon. Yeah, I fly out August 1st. I'm going to be moving to Tennessee, Chattanooga. Well, did you walk across the Brooklyn Bridge yet? I know that was on your list. I haven't. I did the Williamsburg Bridge. That's the neighborhood that I live in. And I've done the Williamsburg Bridge a lot, but I need to do the Brooklyn one. I don't know why I haven't done it. That's I got to do it. I move in like two and a half weeks. I got to do it. I'm going to be here all month, so I'm going to be urging you to to do that while but before you get out of there. Yeah. Bucket list items need to happen. (laughs) I know there's so many places that I want to hit up before I leave. I have this bucket list. I'm just eating and drinking my way through Brooklyn. It's really fun. (laughs) I know me and you, we went to a fun place in Pittsburgh that if I lived there, I would definitely go all the time and it would be a bucket list item for me. That place couch. Yeah. Couches, couch is a fun spot. Um, definitely worth checking out. Got to go to their bingo night. I know we did, we weren't there for bingo night, but I always people that are visiting if it's like a Wednesday night or whenever them. I think they changed them to Saturdays now. Definitely got to check out bingo night. You'll never have as much fun at bingo ever. I swear it's great. That is awesome. You know, I've heard of places doing singo. It's like bingo, mm. but with songs. Have you heard of that? I've seen it on Instagram. I've never played it. I don't know if you have to sing while you're doing it or if you just like guess songs, but that sounds really fun. I like places that do trivia, but yeah, that place couch was cool. And I know Julie, our co-host or my co-host last month, she loved that spot. And I always love when I get to check out a place that someone recommended and I actually get to go there. Yeah, no, that was fun. They had some great stouts. You made fun of me for being a Rob Zombie fan. Mm -hmm. You know, it was great. (laughs) Yeah. And I will, I will continue to do that. (laughs) Before we crack open our first beer, we're going to share a couple facts about Pittsburgh with you guys. And Eric, I'll let you speak about about these since you are our Pittsburgh locals. You can take it away. Yeah, sure. I only got two facts here, but I do think that they're pretty interesting. Um, there's a lot of great discoveries and inventions coming out of Pittsburgh. We have a lot of great universities here, but this is one I actually didn't, I actually didn't really know. Um, I didn't know that the polio vaccine was actually created here. Uh, uh, Dr. Jonas Salk was uh, uh, invented it, discovered it here in Pittsburgh in 1950. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I did not realize that. And the world's first T-Rex skeleton is on display here at the Carnegie Museum of natural history, which is also a great spot to check out if you're in town, um, not just to check it out during the daytime, but they also have uh, 21 plus nights uh, where you get to walk around and drink. Uh, those are great. And uh, my favorite is the Halloween one because they really go all out on the decorations. There's some spooky stuff and you get to walk around and drink. It's great. And that's also why we included the dinosaur or in the towel there. So you can sort of be reminded we have cool dinosaurs that are all around the, uh, the city, sort of little statues like that. So it's pretty fun to sort to drive around and spot those out. All right, Eric, are you ready to crack open a beer with me? I kind of want to start with their flagship, the General Braddock's American IPA. What do you Definitely. think? Definitely. Let's let's do it. I am pouring mine using my new Bruvana glass that all of our beer club members got in yeah. their box. I have my other one for that. I'm drinking this out of my Hamburglar glass today. So wrapping the Hamburglar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're a big like Ronald McDonald beer glass person. I don't- I don't really know how it happened. Um, o- over over the years, I sort of just ended up with these Ronald McDonald glasses. So now's my time to uh, to show them off. So cheers, everyone! Nice, cheers, guys! And look at the beautiful head on this beer. Uh, yeah, 
I love an IPA. You always get a nice nucleation form mm-hmm. from all those hops. It really helps with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been a while since I, I feel like I've been sticking to sort of Kolsch's and um, Pilsner's, that sort of thing recently. So it feels very refreshing to have uh, have an IPA like this. That's more of a traditional American IPA. You get a lot of citrus in there, but still some piney notes and still that bitterness there that it, it's really great. Honestly, this beer is delicious. It has such a kind of fluffy white head on it. A little bit more about the General Braddock's American IPA. This one clocks in at 6.8% ABV. And it's kind of got this beautiful, hazy, orange, yellow appearance to it. It's really beautiful. And to me, it falls so perfectly between a West Coast IPA and a New England style IPA. I'm going to actually say this is me and Julie in a cup. Everyone knows Julie, who was my co-host last month. She kind of likes those more bitter West Coast style IPAs, which I like too, but I tend to gravitate more towards the juicy, hazy New England style IPAs. And this beer falls so beautifully kind of in between that. You can taste all the floral and tropical notes, kind of got like a little bit of orange rind, clementines, those kind of fruit notes with a subtle hint of pineapple. Yeah, I I think you you definitely got it right there. It's not like this overwhelming. It's very balanced bitterness. Um, It's not really going to destroy your palate or anything like that, but it is very present and it brings out all of those other sort of uh, elements that can come from the hops, the citrusy, the the grapefruit, that sort of thing, the pineapple. So it's sort of right in the middle there. Plus it has this beautiful haze to it. I wouldn't say it's as hazy um, as like a hazy IPA, but it does have a haze there that just makes it look amazing there. It's, It's really great. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to taste this one when I went to Brew Gentlemen. I went to their, what's it called? The Allegheny Overlook. Um, Yes. The Allegheny Overlook there. Cool little spot here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. They opened a little outdoor kind of like a beer truck situation there. And so uh, me and Brian, who's going to join us in a little while, we went there and had a beer and I had this one and I just, I really, really loved it because it just kind of meets you where you're at this beer. You get that sort of grapefruit flesh, that kind of bitter fruit, but then also that sort of piney resin. So it is sort of that nice, happy medium. And I think more sort of opens up the more that that you drink it. Sort of the first sip, you know, I I think a lot of people with IPAs, that bitterness sort of hits them first. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that turns people off. And then the more you drink it, just the more uh, the other flavors really, really come into play there. It's it's a great drinking experience, I'll say. Yeah. Um, And it's funny with bitterness, we are trained, our taste buds as humans, when we would eat poison back in the day when we were cavemen, it tasted bitter. So that still kind of lingers and reflects in our brain today. So when you eat something bitter, your brain kind of has this initial knee-jerk reaction that it's going to keel over and die. And then when you don't, you actually, some taste therapists say that you get a little hit of adrenaline because you actually don't die. You're like, I'm dying. Yeah. You think that you are. And then you don't, and then you kind of get a little hit of adrenaline and you want a little more. And there are actual people called taste therapists, which I Hmm. didn't really realize that that was a job, but I thought that was kind of interesting about fairness. Yeah. I think that's why some people have a strong adverse reaction to it because of that sort of history behind what it does to us. So while you guys kick back and relax with this beer, let's learn a little bit more about Brew Gentlemen. So it's run by a small team of really devoted guys and women that are really paying close attention to detail. I personally met with Elena when I visited there. She's their head of sales and people, and she's just 
absolutely the sweetest person. She really sat down with me, gave me a great rundown. She's been with the company for five years. So huge shout out to Elena. She was absolutely extremely helpful. Their location at the Allegheny Overlook was great. Definitely do not pass that up if you're in the Pittsburgh area. There was a couple food trucks there, big picnic tables. They have live music in the evening. It was really wonderful. And Brew Gentlemen's really recognized as a leading brewery, both locally and nationally. Yeah, they, they kind of started here in, in Pittsburgh pretty early on the sort of craft beer scene. Uh, they were really one of the first places to uh, to open up. Uh, they were founded by two college friends who basically dropped everything to sort of try out, try out brewing on their own, sort of make their way through the beer industry. Um, and really right out of the gate, they sort of developed their reputation just sort of around Pittsburgh, uh, making really soft, really good balanced beers, um, which I think really this uh, the, their flagship IPA here, the General Braddock's, is a really good example of that. And I think that's really what they're known for. They're really good for making really well-rounded beers. They have a really great uh, selection at their tap room there, and you're really not going to be disappointed with whatever you get. I totally agree. And they have a cool location too. So Brew Gentleman is based in the historic steel town of Braddock. It's about 20 minutes east of downtown Pittsburgh, and it's along the river. It's located in a renovated electrical supply storefront and warehouse, and it's next to a still operating steel plant. There are not many steel plants that are still in operation. So I thought that was super cool. And that feels very Pittsburgh to me. Yeah. And it's it's sort of a, because they're Brew Gentlemen, um, it's a little bit of like a it feels a little classy when you go on there, like all the uh, the bartenders and stuff. They sort of have on like a little bit more formal wear. And, you know, I always feel like a schlub and like a sweaty T-shirt when I go there. But uh, it's <laughs> it's it's a different atmosphere. I, I like it. Cool. I know I'm bummed I didn't get to visit it, but I know our guest definitely loves this spot. So without further ado, I would love to welcome on our guest this evening, the chief personnel officer and beer guide at City Brew Tours and a Pittsburgh resident who's also one of my co-workers, Brian Hathaway. Brian, welcome on. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you guys doing? Doing good. good. It's good to see your, your beautiful face. It's been a while. Good to see you as well. Wow, my beard is bigger than yours. This doesn't happen a lot. Hey, I got a couple chin hairs that'll arrive around, uh, you know, so don't, don't get too cocky. So I don't know if everyone knows, but Brian is one of my coworkers. So he's kind of in the HR department, chief personnel officer at City Brew Tours. So this is fun. Not only are you guys both Pittsburgh residents, but we're all co-workers together. We all work under the umbrella of City Brew Tours that owns the brand of Bruvana. So this is a really cool episode for me to kind of have this sort of family sense. So Brian, I know I see you every day in our, our meeting that we call the huddle every single morning. Yeah, it's great to see you guys as well. It's 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 great to be drinking beers on camera again. <laughs> uh, I hosted the one of the holiday box uh, that we did this winter. And uh, it's good to be drinking on beers, drinking beers on camera right around nine o'clock. Again, that was kind of the same schedule. So it feels feels natural to do this. Yeah, it's not a bad way yeah. to spend an evening. Do you guys want to crack open the recertified oh, double yeah. IPA? For sure. Definitely. I'm very I saw you open one up there, Brian. Is that, is that which one you're drinking? No, I just have Jenny. Okay. Um, I always keep some General Braddock's in the fridge. It's probably, I don't like to say I have one favorite beer, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely one of my favorites. It's probably the beer that I buy most often 
Oh, no, I quoted you on that. You, I loved what you said about the General Braddocks. You said it was one of your beers that if you could drink one beer for the rest of your life, this might be one of them. I loved that statement. Yeah. Yeah, it's Eric. I think it was Eric that said it. It's just so well balanced in its bitterness. It's there. It's not too soft, but it's not overwhelming like the IPAs of you know, yesteryear of the early 2000s. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone discovered, you know, different hops other than just Cascade, finding some of the the juicy ones, Mosaic, (laughs) Citra, all those. Yeah. They're all all beautiful. They all serve a purpose, but there's, there's a lot of options. All right. So this is the recertified double IPA kind of looks similar to the general products, both, both kind of like nice, thick, hazy, Interesting. Okay. It it definitely tastes more like like a double IPA. I always sort of associate this flavor with and I feel like this is maybe the wrong word but like with bubblegum. It's sort of thicker a little bit. Uh I think it has a really strong uh like malt background. Like the first thing that hits me really is sort of the malts and then that sort of flavor of the grapefruit like in that bubblegum and the bitterness sort of come in a wave after there. So it, again, the, the journey of drinking that is a little bit different and it has a much thicker mouthfeel to it too. Do you get that Molly? I think mouthfeel is a big character with this beer. I think I really notice the mouthfeel. Yeah. You know, you're really going to get a lot of mouthfeel due to the carbonation that's going to give it that kind of zippiness Mm -hmm. or, you know, the fullness of the beer, that viscosity, that richness. Like if it's a pastry stout, it's going to have a little bit of a fuller mouthfeel. Yeah, definitely. Some flaked grains are another big one. Flaked wheat, flaked oats, that sort of thing are definitely going to uh, affect it as well. Sort of the, the leftover sugars that are in it, maybe even sometimes lactose, that sort of thing will definitely increase the body as well. Let's take a beer break. You just heard us mention mouthfeel. Now, what exactly is mouthfeel? So it's defined as the textural attributes of beer. It creates a tactile sensation in the mouth. These sensations associated with mouthfeel are physical qualities of beer. And there's three key attributes to mouthfeel, carbonation, fullness, and afterfeel. Carbonation is often the first attribute perceived in the mouth. It's gonna give that zippiness. It's going to be heavily influenced by carbon dioxide, or if there's more nitrogen, it'll give the beer a silkier, smoother mouthfeel. And fullness is the perceived weight of a beer while it's being enjoyed. So terms to describe the fullness are gonna be density or viscosity. So think like a pastry stout as having very abundant fullness. Afterfeel is the final attribute of mouthfeel, and this is associated with the lasting sensations recognized in the mouth. This is going to be the astringency, dryness, bitterness, oiliness, things like that. And mouthfeel is strongly influenced by a beer's raw materials and brewing techniques. All right, let's get back to the episode. I'm curious about where you're drinking these days, Brian. Well, I live uh, literally steps from Grist House brewery in mm-hmm. pittsburgh so most of the time i'm drinking there or at home while i'm yeah, Pittsburghers don't like to travel much. Um, I don't live too far from Allegheny City Brewing, so that's sort of where I end up a lot of the time. So, and I know that Brew Gentleman is a little bit of a of a hike for you. Um, it's a little bit of a hike for me as well. Do you find yourself going out that way a lot? 
Well, definitely during the pandemic, I'd try to make a trip out there every couple of weeks when they were doing the pickup. They had a really refined, efficient system for their curbside pickup. They're definitely one of my favorite breweries in the area. So I would make the trek out there. But now with the Overlook, I've been open for like three weeks now. I've been there, I think, five times since they've opened. So it's on this side of the city for me. Yeah, And I always like to say that Pittsburghers don't like to cross more than one river. And I still don't cross more than one river to get there. So, <laughs> Even going um, to that little area that me and you went, Brian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that the first time you went when you were with me? Yes. Yeah. It was so awesome. I loved it. It was because it wasn't too big. It was just like a few little food trucks and beer trucks. It wasn't like a million. It felt mm-hmm. very quaint. And then they have, have you heard any of the live music? Because they had a stage there too. Yeah. I... Three times that I've been down there, they had live music. They don't have it all day, every day, but there is some days where it starts really early in the day. I think on the weekends, I was there early in the day and they had some bands going and uh, they've had a nice variety of music, some jazz stuff, some bluesy stuff, some hip hop artists. They're, They're really doing, whoever's doing the music programming down there is doing a really good job. I like that. Do you guys have a favorite of these two beers that we're tasting? I'm kind of trying to decide. I'm like going back and forth with just fistfuls of beer right now. Well, the, the general Braddock is like is great and it feels like like an everyday drinking beer. Like it, this feels like, you know, what I'd have for lunch, whereas like this feels like what I might have like on the weekend or a special occasion. So it's really good, but it's it's a little bit richer, right? A little bit fuller because it's it's a double IPA. Um, so it's got a little bit more heft to it. Um, so definitely a, a little bit more of a, of a special occasion beer on this one. Absolutely. Yeah. So double IPAs, they're a little bit different than a regular IPA because they usually take longer to brew. They offer a little bit more hoppy bitterness and they have a deeper multi undertone to it and they contain more alcohol. So double IPAs usually come in at about 7.5 to even sometimes up to 10% ABV. And they're also sometimes called Imperial IPAs. So if you guys see that on a menu, an Imperial and a double IPA are used kind of interchangeably. And uh, Brian, so we like to always kick off and ask everyone their craft beer origin story. Can you tell us yours, how you got into craft beer? I actually got into craft beer through my dad. My dad was uh, like a dedicated straw drinker, which is a local brewery in St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. And I don't know what happened. He just started having Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and Bell's Two Hearted and good beers like that instead of strong. And then the the real, real turning point was we were on vacation in South Carolina one time and he got Dale's Pale. I had never seen craft beer in a can. I'd never heard of an IPA in a can and had that beer on the beach at night. It was just like one of those moments that was like, okay, this is different than all the crappy college 30 pack beers that I had had before. Like this is what beer is. And ever since then, I really like drinking beer um, eventually became a home brewer, got into home brewing actually through brewing wine first and found out that brewing wine at home, I don't guess you don't brew wine at home. You just make wine at home. It's really boring. You just kind of add water and the grape juice together. And I was like, there has to be something better than this. The same place that stole, sold the wine kits also sold brewing equipment. So I was like, why don't I try this out? And uh, wrote my first recipe for my first beer. And ever since then, like 10 years ago, I've been brewing, writing recipes, I don't brew as much nowadays because I have a little baby, but still like beer a lot. 
Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, Aubrey's a good excuse. Your little girl, she's, she's precious. I see her on your Instagram. I love Dale's pale ale. That's like a go-to for me. I'm always happy to drink that beer. I think it's really well done. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And so you started out doing the in-person brewery tours. What was the thing that kind of drew you to that specifically? It seems so fun. You have a great personality for it too. Well, thank you. I, uh, I really like doing the tours. Uh, my wife, Sharon and I were actually out uh, having dinner at Penn Brewery one night and we saw a tour group come through. It was actually a, only a couple weeks after City Brew Tours had opened here in Pittsburgh. And uh, we saw it. We saw them doing like the food and beer pairing tasting where the guide was leading them through the, the, the basic necessities of pairings and also giving them recommendations to the beers and the food that they were pairing right there. And we were like, that's so cool. We should do that. We want to go on one of those. So we just wanted to take the tour. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I was working at my day job, retailing beer, selling 30 packs to people after they got out of work. And I uh, was kind of tired of doing that. Looked on Indeed and saw the posting for the beer guide in Pittsburgh. And I was like, this is it. I want to do this. Like the tour looks so cool. I, I am the beer nerd that can lead those tours. And it That's awesome. was. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it was really kind of serendipitous. Like you went on a tour. You loved it. And then you saw an ad. Did you ever have any kind of like weird, awkward, funny story when you're bringing all of these people that have been drinking back into brewery production facilities? I'm always curious about that. Yeah. And you can only say one, Brian, because I know that we have to have we have a hundred of them. There's there's one story that always stands out to me. And when we start the tours, we do an icebreaker just to get to know our guests a little bit better. We'll go around the van and see where people are from, what their favorite kind of beers are, what the last beers had they had. We might ask them silly questions, but it lets you get a feel for the group. And I had this group on a Saturday. I asked them all, and they were all like Corona and Miller Lite drinkers, just your basic beer drinkers. But I knew on that tour we were gonna finish with a brewery here in Pittsburgh called Strange Roots that predominantly does sour beers and very assertive, aggressive, like beer nerd beers. Mm -hmm. And I just thought like, oh, they're gonna really not be happy with our last stop today. And I was so worried throughout the whole tour, still gave them a great experience. We went to three awesome breweries and then we get to Strange Roots and they start tasting the sour beers. And the first one went over pretty good. And the second one went over even better. And by the third one, they were all asking if they could buy shirts, if they had beers to go. And they left with cases of beer under their arms, shirts over their shoulders. And it was just so cool to see that conversion from like, oh, yeah, we just drink beer every day. It's, you know, the beverage we do to, to we have to relax. And, you know, we have a Corona on the beach and they're buying these crazy sour fruited beers from Strange Roots at the end of this tour. It was it was just so cool to see. That is awesome. That's kind of heartwarming to me. And I know me and you, Brian, we went to Strange Roots together and we're having them on, I believe it's next week. Mm -hmm. And that was actually my favorite brewery that we visited in Pittsburgh. I, and I'm not a big sour beer person. Brew Gentleman is my favorite beer that I tasted. The General Braddock specifically from Pittsburgh. Love it. Totally agree with you on it, Brian. But my best time that I had was when you and I went to Strange Roots. How fun was that? I mean, you know, obviously I'm going to talk about that next week, but that was a phenomenal visit. And I can totally see why the people on that tour fell in love with it. It's a really cool place. And I find that people that don't typically drink beers, they like sours. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of wine drinkers and cider drinkers that don't like the body and mouthfeel of beer, 
sours are a really good a really good fit for them and yeah that stranger's location is so cool but it was the molly and i went to the location where you jesse and i went and blended that beer oh that was great yeah and it's this beautiful location they have about an hour 45 minutes north of pittsburgh where they do all their brewing and blending and just a very unique facilities with beautiful art on the walls and mm-hmm. R- really big outside area. And you're really sort of yeah. nestled in sort of a valley area. Yeah. It's definitely a great experience. And, and as, uh, as a tour guide myself, I also love taking people there because you never really knew, um, you know, especially coming from a place like Penn brewery where they had much more traditional German style beers, Pilsners. It's like, Hey, these are beers. And then these are also beers, you know, it's, it's night and day and that give people, you know, you go from like a traditional German Pilsner to a 10% peanut butter and jelly sour ale that's been, you know, um, yeah, that's been aged for two years in a white wine cask or whatever. And it's it's crazy because you just you never know how people are going to react. And and they don't know. A lot of the time they're like, I think I like this. And then the more they drink it, they're like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really um, like so, this. Yeah. So it's definitely definitely a good time. Uh, well, sort of speaking of that. Uh, so you're Big fan of Brew Gentlemen. I I think a lot of the breweries here in Pittsburgh, a lot of them are really unique. A lot of them definitely have their own vibe to them, whether that be a place like Couch that has these crazy bingo nights, that sort of thing, whether it be a sort of hole in the wall, whether there's there's dogs all over the place like Allegheny City. What what sort of brings you back to to Brew Gentlemen, you know, time and time again? Uh, I think it's two things. First off, their beers are, are great across the board. You know, if they're doing an IPA, if they're doing a lager, if they're doing a big barrel-aged stout, they're all very well-balanced, drinkable beers. Even the recertified you guys are drinking and mm-hmm. everybody that got the boxes enjoying. It's a big beer. I think it's over 8%, but it's really drinkable for an 8% beer. The second thing is just they seem to put so much thought and care into every decision they make and everything they do as a brewery, whether it be the recipe design and and designing these very soft balanced beers or the takeout program that they do during coronavirus quarantine. They're very methodical with the way they do things with uh, their brewery and they make decisions and it's reflected in the products and the experience when you go there. Now, Brian, you and I uh, got hired at City Brew Tours at about the same time, um, like the same month, I believe. We were um, on training shifts together. We were on training shifts together, exactly. And and for a long time, and even still, I mean, I think you're like one of my go-to you know, resources for everything beer-related, a question I might have about brewing or a style, or a lot of the time, you know, people will come up and be like, hey, have you been to this obscure place in, in Salt Lake City? And have you had their stout? And I'm like, no. And you're like, oh, yeah, I've been there. I know, I know the brewer. Um, you know, you, you know, you know, like everything about beer across the board, in my opinion. But you've had a lot of different roles. So you started out um, tour guide and then you quickly became the, the city coordinator, sort of overseeing all the tours here. What what has sort of been because even I, I don't really know this, your, your journey throughout the city brew tours uh, company and sort of where you are now and how you got there. So, yeah, like you mentioned, I was city coordinator here in Pittsburgh shortly after coming on as a beer guide. Did that alone for about two years and our franchise operations actually started to pick up more and i moved into the franchise development manager role where i helped um, lisa our franchisee in south jersey open up her location there and was doing some auditing of our cities going around and making sure that tours were going well 
And when I was doing that, I really liked the interaction between the people that shared the same passion, teaching about craft beer and teaching about local breweries. And I love that interaction. I love the feedback that I got during those visits and talking to the people that were doing the same job as me. It's a weird job because you're always, you're almost always by yourself. So you don't have mm-hmm. that camaraderie. You have traditional camaraderie that you have in like a kitchen setting where you're working side by side. So to right. get to interact with people that had these same passions or were doing the same work was really alluring to me. I wanted a way to keep doing that and to take what I learned from those interactions and make this a better place to, to work. So about two years ago, I pitched the idea of we need a human resources person, but we need this human resources person that can help with company culture initiatives and can influence strategic decisions for the betterment of our workplace overall. So about two years ago, I moved into this position uh, called the chief personnel officer. And it is uh, one part traditional HR, payroll, hiring and stuff like that. One part company culture initiatives, benefits and um, I play a role in our scholarship committee and one part strategic decisions on, on our strategy team. And, and I help make decisions right. um, at the highest levels of the company as well. And, and I'd say that you're, you know, pretty accessible in that when people like me and all, all the other tour guides, you know, have a question, you know, you and a few other people, a handful of people in the company, you know, know it like that, um, you know, and it's a pretty laid back place to work. But, you know, Brian, you were just kind of born to do this job. You truly are just such a sweet, kind person. You're incredibly accessible because this was a big deal for me to take a job after being my own boss, running a business for eight years. I, you know, I was really apprehensive. I mean, not really apprehensive, but I, you know, I had some trepidation. I was like, okay, a virtual job when, you know, maybe the pandemic's kind of winding down, like, what is this going to be? And you were so kind. You always made a real effort to kind of check in with me in the beginning, every couple of weeks, like, how are you feeling? And I really felt like I could tell you, you know, what was really going on. And if I had, you know, any thoughts about anything. And I think that's so important with company culture. I tried to do that with my former employees and just make them feel heard and special and take them out sometimes and do things like that. And I think that's something that City Brew Tours and Bruvana really, really does. They really try to listen to their employees. So did you help kind of become a catalyst for that a little bit? No, it wasn't like they're wasn't people to hear people's concerns before me but as we grew into a company with over 50 employees there needed to be a person to do that you know we've always in the management level appreciated the hard work that people give towards delivering the experiences that make our company what it is but now having a person that is dedicated to that full time i feel like is it, it really up to that to the next level i you know really appreciative of the things you, the nice things you said, you know, I, I, it's, it's great to hear that those things make people feel welcomed. And, you know, I hope there's somebody like me at every small company that, that wants to make it a better place to work for the employees there. Definitely do that. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Um, I, I have have one more quick question and then, and then I, I know Molly has some things. Let's talk. I want to talk a little bit about Pittsburgh because I moved here in 2009. You you grew up here and you know a lot more about the city um, itself. So just curious about your thoughts on Pittsburgh. Love it, hate it. So I love Pittsburgh. It's my hometown. It's where I grew up. 
my mom's side of the family is from one side of the city and my dad's side of the family is from the other side of the city. So I grew up seeing both the North Hills and the South Hills. So I, I really love all aspects of Pittsburgh, the different neighborhoods. The I have a bittersweet relationship with the hills. I think everybody here does. You know, you love them when they're nice and beautiful in the summer and then whenever the winter rolls around. And yeah. Ice and snow. You, 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 you just you slide your car down a hill and just pray nothing's at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I very much enjoyed your Pittsburgh facts earlier. I have a Pittsburgh fact for you. Oh. It ties in with your hamburger glass. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first Big Mac ever served at a McDonald's was served here in Pittsburgh. Oh my God. Oh. I actually have that on one of my upcoming episodes. Oh, no. I, oh, you ruined it. No, that's okay. Spoiled it. <laughs> Trust me, there's a lot of Pittsburgh facts, but I love that you know that you knew that. And I really didn't think anything would ever tie in with Eric's Ronald McDonald cups. Me neither. <laughs> you can make fun of Rob Zombie. I'll make fun of your <laughs> cups. But no, it's been really cool to watch the beer scene evolve from just a couple of breweries, the old school breweries like Penn and Church Brew Works and East End. East End was, I think, founded in the early late 90s or early 2000s grow from the point where we had three, four breweries to, I believe there's 41 in the county right now. Yeah, it's something and, like that. Um, there's some really, really excellent breweries. Um, yeah. yeah. All for sure. of which are the breweries in this in in this box. You know, Brew Gentlemen, 11th Hour, East End, and Strangers are all doing such wonderful, wonderful beers. And each has their own little thing that makes them special. You know, Strangers is known for their sour beers. Um, 11th Hour has a wonderful taproom experience. East End is kind of the old guard, one of the first craft breweries in Pittsburgh and does some really, really awesome beers of almost any style. And, you know, we've already talked about how great Brew Gentleman Gentleman is with all their different beers and different styles. And yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. it's really cool to see that we not only had no breweries close their doors during COVID, but we had at least two, if not three yeah we had a handful handful new ones four breweries mastic trail old thunder trace Uh, and two two, phrases opened within the the last year and a half and yeah uh, all of them are making really good beer too yeah they're great that's a lot yeah so i'm curious brian what would your ideal day off in pittsburgh be you have infinite cash and infinite gas in your car (laughs) 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 was actually going to say do I have to take care of my daughter that day? No, you're <laughs> off. You're off. Answer, Aubrey. I was going to say that because my wife was in the room with Aubrey's me. with me. Uh, I'm babysitting. Um, no, because, yeah, it, it is definitely a little different. If I have my daughter, I like going for walks down by the river. I guess if I don't have my daughter, I like to go down by the river. I think <laughs> the rivers are so beautiful. We have really nice trails here right now with that Allegheny Overlook set up in downtown Pittsburgh. It is nice to walk one of those river trails. You get beautiful views of the rivers and stadiums and Mount Washington. And then you can cut over the Roberto Clemente Bridge and go to Allegheny Overlook. I guess my ideal day in Pittsburgh would end, if I have endless money, I would go to one of the fancy expensive restaurants up mm-hmm. on Mount Washington mm-hmm. with the you know big glass windows that overlook all of the city. Mm-hmm. I would get a crazy expensive dinner and, and enjoy it very much. And then take a nice walk along Mount Washington and uh, look at the city and then go home and turn in for bed. If you that. don't have an infinite amount of money, you could go up there and just get like chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's stopping you. 
Everything's being related back to McDonald's in this episode. <laughs> yeah. They're a sponsor. Thank you to one of our sponsors, McDonald's. We really love their high fructose corn syrup and their ketchup. Uh, yeah, Mount Washington was really beautiful. I kind of like adding to that because we always ask everyone their ideal day off. I kind of like adding Eric, like if you had infinite money. <laughs> like, that's, like I, I sort of want to add that. Um, I'd get on a plane and leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. Brian, your goal here is to not think, just answer. And we change up these questions every month. Are you ready? Ready. Best shower beer. Bell's too hearted. Best hangover cure. A special cocktail of energy drink and Pedialyte. Current beer style you love. Pilsner. Beer style you wish was more on the menu. Lambic. Mm. Nice. If you could have a beer with anyone in history, alive or dead, who would it be? Louis Pasteur. He discovered yeast's role in beer and also did a bunch of other cool stuff. Yeah. Cool. Oh, wow. I might have to snipe the room with you tomorrow to ask about that in my upcoming Strange Roots episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about yeast. Absolutely. Brian. <laughs> It has been an absolute pleasure having you. Is there anything that you'd like to plug before we wrap up? I'll plug our tours, citybrewtours.com. We have tour operations. We run all-inclusive craft beer educational experiences in 12 different cities across North America. Check us out. Pittsburgh, Philly, Boston. I'm not going to list all 12. Guess if you want to follow me on Instagram, at Brian Hathaway. My name is yes. with an E, not like Anne Hathaway's. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. City Brew Tours, our in-person tours are operating and they are so super fun. Whether you're alone discovering a new city or you're with people and you want to party, they're great. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Eric, and my awesome guest and co-worker, Brian Hathaway. Be sure to tune in next week as we get a little sour with Strange Roots Experimental Ales founder, Dennis Hawk, and operations director, Bert Mooney. This was actually the most fun brewery that I visited in Pittsburgh, as I mentioned earlier. And I'm not normally a sour beer fan, but Dennis won me over with his passion for the quote, little critters, as he calls them. You'll have to tune in next week to learn what that is. Cheers, y'all. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club, and this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep, plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Brews Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers.